It's so nice to be here. I am continuously grateful for the opportunity to be here that you have given me. As many of you know, I grew up in a rather devout Southern Baptist home. Our family spent a number of hours every week at church. And quite frankly, I think of, I'm grateful for this. It was a positive experience most of my life. In those formative years, I was repeatedly exposed to passages from the Christian Testament. And just for the record, I call it the Christian Testament because in some of my later studies, I was told that calling it the New Testament and juxtaposing that with calling the Hebrew Testament the Old Testament was uh, um, insulting and something that was specific to the Christian tradition alone. Now, it's very hard to stay current with what's politically correct. Would you agree with that? So I have no idea if this is still true, but that's an explanation of why I call it the Christian Testament. Now, because we learn by repetition, and because I had repeated exposure to portions and passages of the Bible, which I was encouraged to memorize, with some frequency, a phrase or a verse will pop into my mind in different situations. This morning's title comes from one of those phrases. It's found in the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 7, which apparently is one of my favorite chapters uh, because it has also in that verse things like, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Um, Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it will be opened unto you. It also has the golden rule. And we seem to think about that a lot because we locate it in all other religious traditions, or at least all other major religious traditions. Um, so whatsoever you would that others should do to you, do ye even so unto them. I paraphrased King James, but threw a ye in there anyway, didn't I? So the verse that the title comes from is... Um, Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And what brought this to mind for me was this story. I had run into the lobby of a car wash to pick up a greeting card that I had seen there several days earlier. You know, it was one of those things where it was just perfect for somebody that I needed to get a card for. And I had looked at a lot of different places. So I ran into this car wash to pick up this card. Went to the counter, picked it up, took it to the counter, paid for it, and was heading for the door when an older woman stepped just inside the door and stopped. She was standing there for some time, looking around the room, trying to decide where she needed to go next, and 
to be honest, I think I may have been between her and the counter, so she couldn't see very easily where the counter was. But after a while, I said, excuse me. And this didn't attract her attention. So I stood there for another minute or two, and well, not a minute or two, but a little bit longer. And eventually, she startled herself and saw me and said, oh, I'm sorry, and took just one more step into the room. Well, by this time, a short line had developed behind me of people that were also waiting to walk out of the room. Now, the things that came to my mind because of this little scenario are several fold. Um, as I got in my car to drive away, I began thinking of the phenomenon of impasse that seems to be pervasive in almost every aspect of life that I can think about that I can think of right now in one way or another. I mean, certainly we have witnessed it in the United States Congress recently. Um, A friend of mine posted on Facebook, witnessing the Republicans and Democrats bicker over the U.S. debt is analogous to watching two drunks argue over a bar tab on the Titanic. But that's not the only place. Uh, At the District Summer Institute that we call SWUSI, Southwestern Unitarian Universalist Summer Institute, the Gen Xers were voicing their experience that baby boomers are reluctant to share leadership or hand over control. Now, I don't know that this is the first time this generational thing has happened, but there are some new things to consider in that because people are working longer, people are living longer, uh, the cost of living has gone up. So people need to keep their control longer, but I'll get into some of that a little bit later. Um, Religious traditions throughout the land are straining to find ways to work what is tried and true, old and traditional, historical, and still valuable in with what's energetic and exciting and and nuanced and, and changing with our understanding. And this is, this is, we're not impervious to that. Unitarian Universalism is also struggling with that, and I've heard that in each of the conferences I've been to this summer, in one way or another. Nor do I think we as individuals are impervious to this, this tension, this impasse, this... Uh, this sense that something isn't moving that needs to be. Now, what I had seen at the car wash was a narrow opening, you know, one door, 
the only convenient portal through which progress could be made with something more traditional, perhaps, not as, not as young and energetic, perhaps not as singularly focused, somewhat slower in pace, rhythm, or motion, nevertheless quite valuable, blocking the way so that what was younger, newer, faster-paced, differently directed, and more abundant with the line behind me, had to wait to pass. It was then that the old Bible verse had come to mind. Narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Now, my context has very little to do with what's going on in the Bible around that verse. That's another sermon. Um, But the lesson I tried to share with the children is that we cannot always get where we want to go when we want to get there. We can't all go at once. And we can't always have what we want right when we want it. Most folks seem to be somewhat unable to operate without an agenda. We have to have a plan or know where we're going in order to get anywhere, right? If you leave your house and you don't have a direction, um, you may never make it back home. And we all have habits of thought that color the way that we perceive how things work or how we think they should work or how we think they should work. And those habits of mind can become frustrated when things don't go the way that we think they should. The first idea that came to my mind was road rage. Um, But we tend to initially... Blame something out there for getting in our way. Now, I know there are people that ultimately blame themselves for everything, and that's not at all what I'm trying to get to here. Um, But whatever it is, we can blame the heat, we can blame... Uh, the perspectives other people have. We can blame the people that have come before us. We can blame the government. We can blame the traffic. You fill in the blank. Sometimes things just seem stuck. But the dams are not permanent, are they? What has been that is yet important has not yet been adequately resolved or replaced. It still exists in our systems and in our lives, and it still must have a place 
It still must be considered, must be addressed, accommodated before the innovations and the ongoing revelation that Unitarian Universalists believe can fully develop. Many of the answers of our time have quite likely been formulated and just have, they wait in the wings for the right time to manifest so that big changes can happen. Our responsibility in this becomes learning to see beyond our own biases. We may want out the door into the expansive wide open and have every right to exit whatever this confining area is. But there are things that must take place first to avoid unnecessary tragedy. I don't think it would have been the best plan of action for me to plow through this woman to get out the door. That would not have created the results that I was hoping for. So there are all these bottlenecks. I mentioned already that life is longer, our work lives are longer, we need housing for longer, we need health care for longer, and our system has not yet caught up with how to manage our uh, statistically longer lives. There are more people. There are more people with bigger houses that have bigger air conditioners that take more electricity, and the infrastructures haven't caught up with how to handle these. So we have blackouts. We have system failures of all sorts, just like when telephone lines used to overload. You remember the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? Funny kind of busy signal. Some of you probably never experienced that. There's more information. So there's more that we can know about things that are true. There's more awareness of cultural difference and similarities with no political systems that are yet developed to accommodate all this new information about how we're alike and how we're different and how we might navigate that internationally in a functional way in a world that's becoming more tightly interdependent, in which the resources are becoming more critical all the time, our systems have not yet developed to handle this, right? There's more capacity, I think, in human evolution to comprehend things in new ways. And I think that includes spiritually. There are dimensions that we don't see. And I've talked about how insects can see colors that we can't. And many animals can hear things that we can't. I mean, they're just, there's (laughs) so much that with our best microscopes and our biggest telescopes, we can't see. But there's less time in our lives to sit with this and make peace with it. 
If we come to recognize that where we stand may be blocking the view of somebody else, a broader view, like I was in this woman's view of the counter, our own movement may become less fixated. If I had been able to realize that that little bit of sight might have helped her, I could have stepped to a different spot, and it would have broken up that bottleneck, but it didn't occur to me. There's much at work that's not seen, right? No matter how large we believe our view or perspective to be, reality is far larger still. And it requires patience. I was really proud of the kids that nobody tried to storm the candy. Nobody pitched a fit. Nobody even seemed to get anxious about it, did they? They sat and looked at the problem and worked through it and then waited patiently as each one took their turn. And I know there's so many things about which we already have to be patient that the last thing we want is to add something else to that list. Yet, time after time, we find to everything there is a season. A few evenings ago, I was on my way to meet my mother at a restaurant for dinner. And I came to an intersection where I needed to turn left. And just as I was pulling up to the intersection, the left turn arrow came on. Well, just as I started to turn left, my mother came from the other direction and needed to turn right. Well, everything in me would have let my mother go first, right? Because that's tradition. That's that's what I know how to do. But the arrow, the present moment, the technology, the movement that was most efficient said, no, it was time for me to go first. That wasn't wasted on me either. (laughs) And I understand there are generations that are ready behind me, or in front of me, maybe. depends on your perspective. But at some point, the signals change, and the systems will be better prepared to handle the things that need to change. So the things that we feel stuck about will be okay. This, too, shall pass. Yes, there are things we can do in the meantime, but we don't have to get frustrated and fearful about them because that only clogs the machine up more. If the kids had had a dither down here, do you think it would have sped up 
the process any for them? Things come in their own time. Pushing the river is no more effective than drilling holes in water. We have to have the, the right tools to do either one at all effectively, right? As Unitarian Universalists, we trust that the long arc of the universe bends towards justice. And that the part each of us plays is a significant part. How small those parts may appear on the grand scale is misleading. Because I think every element is integral. In the words of John O'Donohue, we seldom notice how each day is a holy place where the Eucharist of the ordinary happens, transforming our broken fragments into an eternal continuity that keeps us. Somewhere in us, a dignity presides that is more gracious than the smallness that fuels us with fear and force. A dignity that trusts the form a day takes. We all recognize that changes happen constantly. Sometimes they seem larger than other times. Uh, In this day and age, with the speed at which technology develops and communication expands and information spreads, on some levels at least, they seem to come much more fast than they used to. And maybe that's just a perpetual acceleration. The momentum. We have within us the potential and the power to offer an incredible contribution to our changing world. If we watch for the places where the way is narrow... And learn to ask ourselves to be patient at those narrow places. We can learn to see when the time is right. When the changes that we would offer, the words we would have to say will be most efficient. When we do this within ourselves, we cultivate greater personal freedom We cultivate contentment, and we release ourselves from our fears. 